CJSW's funding drive is on right now. Head over to CJSW.com to show your support for this program. CJSW 90.9 FM, your beacon radio. Price falls have been largest so far in Europe. That reflects the growing number of coronavirus cases in many countries and the restrictions on movement and social activity that are being imposed or considered. In the United States, there are concerns about whether Congress and the administration can agree plans for using the government finances to provide further support for the economy. The falls have again hit some companies that are most likely to suffer lost business as a result of the health crisis, including airlines and hotels. Some bank shares were also hit by news of an investigation of the way they were allegedly used to move illicit money around the world. The British government's chief scientific advisor has warned that the country could see tens of thousands of new coronavirus cases a day by the middle of next month if no action is taken to halt the current rise. Patrick Vallance gave the warning as the government prepares to announce new measures aimed at restricting the pandemic's spread. The epidemic is doubling roughly every seven days. And you can see that by mid-October, if that continued, you would end up with something like 50,000 cases in the middle of October per day. 50,000 cases per day would be expected to lead a month later, so the middle of November, say, to 200-plus deaths per day. In South Africa, 500 pupils and teachers have been put into quarantine after a coronavirus outbreak at a school in the Eastern Cape province. Nomsa Maseko in Johannesburg has the story. 98 students tested positive for COVID-19 in one school after what authorities say was a failure to practice social distancing or wear masks. They say two students at Etembeni Secondary School failed to inform the school after they tested positive for coronavirus. They then mingled with classmates during lunch breaks without social distancing. A team of health experts has been sent to the town of Burgersdorp to try to deal with the outbreak. One of Belarus's main opposition leaders, Svetlana Tikhanovskaya, has urged European Union foreign ministers in Brussels to be brave and implement planned sanctions against senior Belarusian officials. Ms Tikhanovskaya met the foreign ministers as part of efforts to maintain international pressure on Belarus's long-term leader, Alexander Lukashenko. The EU has condemned last month's presidential elections in the country as fraudulent. The bloc is now looking to sanction those responsible for those abuses. World News from the BBC. President Trump has said he will press ahead with plans to nominate a new Supreme Court judge and will name his choice on either Friday or Saturday. He said he had narrowed the candidates down to five people. Earlier, Mr Trump had indicated the choice would be a woman to replace the Liberal Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Lebanese President Michel Aung has proposed ending sectarian quotas in the distribution of top ministerial posts as efforts to form a new government have become bogged down. Mr Aung warned that the country would go to hell if a new cabinet could not be agreed. Officials in Afghanistan say about 30 security personnel have been killed in Taliban attacks in several provinces of the country. The escalation in violence came even as the two sides began their peace talks in the Qatari capital Doha earlier this month. With more details, here's our South Asia editor, Ambrasan Etirajan. The ongoing violence highlights the challenges facing the Afghan peace process. Dozens of people, including soldiers and civilians, have been killed since the two sides announced the beginning of the talks in Doha. 
There have been increasing calls for a ceasefire or reduction in violence so that the two sides could focus on the formal negotiations. But the Taliban have refused to declare an immediate ceasefire. A small group from the two sides has been trying to work out the agenda and schedule for the formal talks. But the government and the Taliban are set to differ on some issues and the continuing violence is likely to put more pressure on the negotiators. The authorities in Botswana say the mysterious deaths of hundreds of elephants in the country were caused by a toxic bacteria. A senior wildlife official confirmed that the animals were killed by cyanobacteria, which occurs naturally in standing water and can grow into large blooms known as blue-green algae. Many of the dead elephants were found near watering holes. That's the latest BBC News. Good afternoon. What's going on? What's going on? Hello, 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 everybody. My name is Asad Ali Bick. I'm Muhammad Ali. And you're locked in for the next hour to the CJSW's SU Weekly. This is 90.9. Good morning, everybody. The time right now is... 11.05. It's not the morning anymore. It's close enough to say good morning, no, is it not? Bro, you you say good I, judge people who say, I judge people who say good morning at 11.05. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm judging you. <laughs> well, uh, as we were alluding to last uh, week, this is a very special podcast episode, is it not, Mohammed? Yeah, I've been wanting to do this. Yeah. I've been wanting to do this, man. So, you know, for Mohammed, him and I are going to have a conversation for the next hour. This conversation is going to get a little bit political because of everything that's happening. A um, little bit? Yeah, I'm going to be bit. making fun of America, bro. <laughs> Me, I don't like to make fun of uh, other people that much. But no, nah, not the people, the country and the the system it runs off of. Oh, oh I think fair. it's very broken. Fair. We we can talk about that system because I am one who doesn't understand the system that well. You know, like the whole electoral college. I don't get it. You know, and maybe there's some listeners out there who don't get it. Either, Nobody so. gets it. I mean, it makes like it, I get it, but I don't get why it's a thing. Well, we'll get into that in the podcast. Uh, obviously, this is the SU Weekly show, so we'll give you the SU updates. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about what's happening in and around the university, which, by the way, we are broadcasting off of, uh, which is situated on Treaty 7 territory. Is that right, Mo? Always a pleasure. Exactly. Always an honor to be here. And so, yeah, we're going to give you some SU updates. We're going to talk about um, the political climate down south, but also over here with the with the strikes that were happening earlier. Uh, the wildfire strikes, the... Um, the AUPE, the uh, healthcare workers, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So w- uh, we, we'll get into that uh, as the show progresses. But Mo, what are we going to start off with? This is your show. This is you. You decide, sir. I got a little intro track. Oh, we're going to jump to a song? You could just turn me up a little bit. Oh. Well, okay. You ready for this? Of course. This is a throwback. I- is it coming? Oh, it's coming. <laughs> I'm excited. This is our intro track. Okay, I dig it, I dig it. You ready for this? I'm, I'm listening. You ready for this? Wait for it. Is it gonna drop? Oh, it's gonna drop. Oh, y'all can just see Mohammed, he's putting some moves. Oh, this boy is dancing in the studio. Oh, man. Ooh, 
Soviet connection. This is GTA for Nico, right? Yeah. Nico Bellic. Nice. And let's go bowling. Wow, GTA for that, that was the first game in a long time that yeah. they dropped, eh? Yeah. Because it and uh, if my GTA is correct here, they went one, two, three. San Andreas, Liberty City Stories, Vice Mi- City. Yeah, Miami Vice. And then they took a break for a while. Yeah, and then they went GTA Five. No, four, GTA 4. Which is this song here. And then 5. Apparently 5 online is crazy. My little brother still plays that, bro. He goes on, like, heists and whatnot online. My youngest brother, he said there was some sort of bug in the system. And he got, like, a billion dollars in, like, online money for nothing. Like, he paid... He didn't pay anything from what he told me. But he said his account got locked after. <laughs> they, they tracked him and they said... They're like, what's going on here? How'd you get well, this? Well, that that game better be it better be good because I mean they haven't released a new GTA in a while. Yeah, but so. it takes time. It takes time. Like if you you study how they make games and you understand how complicated Grand Theft Auto Five was to create with the missions, each character profile, side the missions. side missions. Mm-hmm. These heists that yeah. you're talking about the, online. The online uh, side of the game is a completely different story. Like, the thing with online is that they continuously develop it, right? So they're oh. coming out with new and new features. So, like, a good example is Warzone, right? Mm. So Warzone is Call of Duty. So it's it's a game that Activision had put out, and it's related to Call of Duty. And essentially, it's just, like, an online version of Call... It's a, it's a portion of multiplayer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's different because it's got this like battle royale uh, vibe to it, okay, where yeah. you're you're a team of four, or you can be up to a team of four, and you play against like a hundred other, hundred twenty other people on a huge map. Yeah. Okay. So the thing with that is that they are constantly adding things to this map each mm-hmm. season. So like there's seasons, right? So there's okay. like uh, every season they add new characters, new uh, parts of the map, and that involves like constantly updating the game. Right and constantly adding new things. So, when you look at GTA, the stuffs they add, whether it be like new heists, new missions, new uh, things to do, more cars to drive, more buildings to buy, so on and so forth, bro, the stuff they put in, like, no one appreciates the work that actually like yeah. goes well, in. Well, Warzone is a fat, fat game. That yeah. is like, what is it like? Up to like four gigabytes now. <laughs> More or five fifty forty four. I wish it was four, bro. That thing's like I can't even. Remember. I think it was like sixty or something, bro. I'm gonna search it up, man. Like it is bad. You know what? I'm gonna search it up real quick. Don't even get me started. I, I have to search it up. It's hey, Jamie, search it up. <laughs> Can you pull it up. 
So I'm just gonna go Warzone. Um, uh, PS4 storage or something like that. Okay, I'm just gonna go storage. Um, because I mean, it, you can play it on a bunch of other things, yeah. right? How much storage do I need? Okay, so for um, 175 gigabytes. Yeah, it's not. It's messed up, dude. That's just Warzone, not even multiplayer. Keep that in mind. Wow, wow, wow. Well, Malcolm just texted us. Guess what he said? He said GTA 5 Online rocks. Yeah. Yeah, he said just the city roads, the overpasses, the watt towers in GTA 5. He said check it out. So there you go. No, it's crazy, man. It's yeah. um, Malcolm, we hear you. We love it, it. It's one of those games where you play it and you're like, Damn, like this is I'm playing I'm literally playing one of the greatest games ever made. I reserve that for San Andreas, but San Andreas has its has had its time. I think it's still a good game, but we're what listen, we're in twenty twenty now, man. Yeah, but like go the past. I, I, I here, here's my problem. Here's my here's my problem with new games. They're too realistic for me. You know, I like the old school games because like San Andreas is not no GT five is not realistic, bro. When you crash, you fall out the car. Like you, it jump depends out of the how fast you're going. You know what? It doesn't depend how fast you're going on San Andreas. You okay, can, you Santa, I look like I look like I'm playing Roblox when I'm playing San Andreas, bro. What? The? Yeah, but those were like top notch graphics back in the day. Yeah. Nowadays, okay, it's a little. Bad. You know what? I never understood. Well, you never understood. I'd be playing like a game on the PS two. And the graphics were so bad, but then the cutscenes look like the best Michael Bay created film ever. And they had the best <laughs> yeah. graphics. And then a, gr- a cutscene ends, and I'm back back to these like bad, horrible, disgusting graphics. I'm like, bro, where did this energy go? You can't just give it to me in moderation. Like, give me the whole thing. I don't want to play like Roblox and then look at the cutscenes like it's Michael Bay. I don't stop playing me like that. <laughs> It just reminded me that of that Paul Pierce steak where he's like, I'm tired of having just the taste. I want the whole thing. <laughs> no, Give me the whole thing. No. <laughs> Paul Pierce oh, has ruined man. his legacy. Let me just say that. All right. If you like Paul Pierce, I feel sorry for you because he used to be goaded, but just his playoff predictions, horrible. His MVP predictions, horrible. He said he was better than Dwayne Wade. Not even debatable. Eh, maybe a little debatable, but in the end, we all know Dwayne Wade was better. Had a better career. Plus, do you, do you remember when he went on that wheelchair? <laughs> yeah, because he had the poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we got to tell the story just in case people don't know it. Okay, so Paul Pierce, for those who don't know, let me give me some context. He's a, he's a basketball player. Very great basketball player, uh, NBA champion. Player. Yeah. You know, um, he played for the Boston Celtics. Yep. You know, thirty-four. He, he's great. Anyways, so in one game, oh, I want to say what is this? Third quarter, fourth quarter? It's I think it, I think it was the third. I think okay. it was the third. He okay. came back in the fourth. Okay, awesome. So it's it's nearing the end of the game. Yeah, uh, but it's not too far from the end, mm-hmm. or it's not too close to the end. I yeah. should say, and he goes down with an injury. Really bad, you know. It's it's so bad they bring a wheelchair. Yeah, they bring a wheelchair. They take him out, and then miraculously, I want to say what fifteen minutes later in real time, not game time, real time, fifteen minutes. So only like maybe what five six minutes of game time passed. He comes back. He's running, and you know the crowd goes nuts. Oh, this guy just went out on a wheelchair, and he's coming back. 
you know, running. And everyone is like, wow, excellent. And um, he was pooping. Yeah. Later, he disclosed that. He's like, yeah, by the way, I just needed to really go to the bathroom. Because <laughs> everyone's like, Paul, how'd you do it? How did you... Uh, how did you go out in a wheelchair, 50 minutes, turn around, run on the court? And he's like, yeah, I just had to go to the bathroom. You remember when uh, Miami was playing San Antonio in the finals for the second time? And LeBron was like, ah, oh, I pulled my hamstring. I'm just going to sit out. Oh, when it was too hot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't have, they didn't have AC that game. Tim Duncan didn't care. Yeah, Tim Duncan. You know, you know Tim ne- Duncan? Neither, neither did Kawhi. Yo, you know Tim and Duncan? Yo, listen, you know Tim Duncan? Yeah. This guy swims like a fish, bro. Tim Duncan looks like my dad. Does he? Like when he dresses up, it's like what my dad wears at home. Like just jeans and like a dress shirt that's untucked. And he walks around. Nice, nice. That's the vibe. Yo, he wears Kirkland. And I just want to say, big shout out to Kirkland, man. Costco, right? Yeah. They're cotton shirts. Costco keeps the cost low. They do. (laughs) They do. You know, it's insane. You know, they don't make much money off of the food they sell because it's all wholesale. Yeah, yeah. They, they make, make all their money off of memberships. That's one bananas of a business model to yeah. me. But you know what? It works. Like, they make a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people in there. Yeah. And do you pay monthly for a Costco membership? What I do don't do? know. I just walk in with my mom's car and I'm like, hey, yo. And they let me in. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> Well, I got those dollar fifty uh, hot dogs. Still, Yo, they're fries. Costco fries. <sighs> that stuff's so nice. They just got a good, good. Um... You know what I hate though? Mm. When you're like eating hot food and you gotta go like, <gasps> like you you put it in your mouth and then like yeah. it's it's too hot to eat. So, so you gotta why like would you put it in your mouth. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I want to. I want to. <laughs> I'm tired of having. This. I want the whole thing. <laughs> What Paul Pierce? This is this is this is like a like a philosophical dilemma here. Okay, you can either go quick and get the good taste, but it comes at a cost. You burn your mouth; your taste buds are gone for a week. Nah, I mean, you know, the tongue is the quickest organ to heal. It's the strongest muscle too, isn't that? I don't know. Alright, let me let me flex mine. <laughs> Put a barbell on there. I, I, one, two. Bro, three, I be four. working out my tongue whenever I eat food. And I eat food regularly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Come on, son. Um Yo, COVID cases are going up, man. Mm. No, you know what we're supposed oh, to wait. apparently we're gonna hit a second wave. We're in a second wave, bro. It doesn't get worse than no, this. No, sorry. Second lockdown. UK's oh. already in a second lockdown. Boris Boris' uncle was like, all right, everybody, we're going back inside. You say Boris' uncle? Yeah, that's what they call him over there. <laughs> this is the Pakistani people call him. Boris Chachu. <laughs> I would understand Corbin' uncle, you know, um, but Boris' uncle? Boris Chachu. <laughs> Chachu means uh, it's like little... Okay, so... Okay, let me explain something. So, in Urdu, on your dad's side, you would say Taya for your dad's brother who's older than your dad. And then you'd say Chachu for your dad's younger brother. Mm. So, they both mean uncle. But one is like older uncle and one's like little uncle. Specifically on your dad's side. Yeah. Mm. And then on my mom's side, you'd say... So, you'd say Khalu. 
um, and it, there's no so if your mom had a younger sister uh, you, uh, and you wouldn't there's no I don't think there's any word for like younger khala mm. or younger okay. khalu yeah, khala yeah. means aunt mm. on your mom's side mm. yep. and khalu means uncle on your mom's side Cool. But there's no word for like younger uncle or older uncle. That's really cool. Yeah. That's real cool. That's really yeah. cool. Hmm. I dig it. I dig it. You, you know, in, in Farsi, they actually determine um, like like what you say determines whose sibling you're talking to when you say uncle and aunt. What do you mean? So like, you, you know how you say taya? Mm-hmm. That that's on your dad's side. Yeah. You say Khalu, that's on your mom's side. Mm-hmm. Same thing for us. Yeah. But in English it's not. You say my uncle. You have no idea if that's your mom's brother or your dad's brother. Yeah, man. There's no distinguishing. Yeah. That's why man, English English is lame. You know I mean It's cool, but like I I need those distinguishing words. Y- you know, language really determines how you live. Yeah. I watched his TED talk, um, and I cannot remember what it was, but they they had a they had a segment where they would show they they compared languages. So in Arabic, there's I want to say at least fifty different ways to say camel. Oh yeah, I saw that. Right? That's crazy because of how dependent they are on the camel. For mm-hmm. example, there's a difference between saying a camel that drinks water every two days. Versus a camel who drinks water every three days, mm-hmm. because I mean, and you got to keep this in mind. If you're if you're somebody who needs to make a journey for three days, you need a specific type of camel. Yeah. So you can't just say, "Hey, do you have a camel for sale?" You need to have this specific camel for sale. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so you know, there's a lot of ways to say it, but there are countries that don't, or languages, I should say, that don't have left and right. They use directionals. So north, south, east, west. That's crazy. So depending on which way they're facing, if you tell them to like, you know, tie your left shoe, you'd have to say tie your northwest shoe, depending yeah. on how yeah. they were situated. And so, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of anthropologists have always thought, you know, different animals have magnetic whatever's in their bodies that allow them to locate um, the North Pole, mm. right? So they're very space, spatially aware. Mm. But these people from this tribe who speak this language in which they're always directionally oriented, they're better at being oriented than ever thought human possible, humanly possible. Yeah, I mean, if and you're using like... that's the power North, yeah. of language, bro. No, it's crazy. Like... You think about it, so we use right left, mm. but you're talking about tribes and 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 groups of people who use like northwest, yeah, and southwest or north west southeast. I don't even think this I never eat our <laughs> water. Yeah, Bro, north east north, southwest south east west. No, nah, it goes things. it goes never eat sour watermelons. Uh, there you go. Sure. That's that's how I learned it. I dig it. So they use that. Yeah. That's crazy. For everything. Like, can you pass me the northeast piece of paper? Bro, that's so... That is like... I feel like that would be... I mean, it's probably easy for them to learn because it's ingrained in their culture. But for me... Bro, I'm... Yo, okay. 
And I mean no disrespect to these people when I say this, but like the closest interaction I've had with with saying something like, oh, northeast, southwest is like so on Warzone on the mini map or just above the mini map, there's like this um, compass, right? And so if you're getting shot, it tells you where you're getting shot from. And I struggle with using that and it literally tells you if you're getting shot shot from north and to like what degree or south, what degree, and so on and so forth. That's right. And I still mess up. <laughs> well, and it shows me. So it just goes to show that, like, people who do that, like, that is crazy, man. Yeah, it's 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 amazing what the, the human mind and the human uh, condition c- can be conditioned to do. Oh, you absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Um, and, and, like, in Warzone, have you ever watched, like, pro gamers, like, streamers? I am a pro gamer. Oh, excellent. Streamer. Well, But, yeah, I have. Well, like, when they get shot, they'll give you, like, specific... They are so good at communicating. Yeah. And they'll tell you exactly where it's coming from. I get shot, and I'm like, ah! I'm getting shot from over there! I, literally. You know how many times my friends get so mad at me when I play Warzone? Because I'll be getting shot, or I'll be shooting someone, and I'll do one of two things. I'll either just go silent, and I'll just, like, you know, just play the game and no one understands what's going on because I'm not talking and everyone's like, Mo, 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 what's happening? What's happening? And I'll just be like, downed him. Got him. Full killed him. <laughs> Team wipe. Downed him. <laughs> d- d- downed him? But, um, or, or if I'm giving directions, I'll be like, yo, he's over there. And people are like, yo, where, where? I'll be like, go right there, bro, right there. And they're like, bro, where is there? I can't see you. Yeah, I think I'm gonna start a Twitch stream because I'll then I'll be able. People will be able to see what I mean because if if people saw me playing the game, yeah, and they saw my hand movements and then like what I was doing on the screen, they'd be like, "Bro, he's right there. He's right. He's right over there." Like that's that is how I communicate with directions. Well, you know, some some gamers, they they're like, I don't want to say pretend because I don't want to like disrespect gamers in any which way. Like these guys are great, but like they're. Like, in war, when they go play games like Warzone, you know? Like, they, they use that kind of language. I don't know, man. Like, yeah. Wait, okay, so there's some cool gamers out there. Tim the Tatman, Nick Merckx, uh, Stody. I watched this guy. His, his name is Marlon. He's from Ireland. And he makes the funniest video. I watch it for the commentary, mm. to be honest. Like, he's a really good gamer, don't get me wrong. But the commentary on the gaming, I, I That's not it. Bro, honestly, I feel like... 70% of the reason you're popular on Twitch or gaming streams is because of your like personality. Mm. If you have a bad personality but you're a sick gamer, bro, you are going to be a horrible Twitch streamer. Because no one's going to care. You watch AOC Twitch stream? No. She I, played Among Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ilan Omar and a few others. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm goaded at Among Us. Just saying. Like, she, I am. She won her uh, her race. Yeah. Like, by landslide. Yeah, yeah. Both of them. Atlanta oh yeah, and, U.S. elections. Uh, we, should, we should probably talk about that. Right, right, yeah. bro. How fast do you think you can count count ballots? Um, honestly, I can't count to. If I write down like one to twenty, I have to like count it like three times because I I swear to God I'll mess it up somewhere along the way. So you're from Arizona? Yeah. No, I'm from <laughs> Nevada. Nevada, yes, yes. You know, it makes me. sense. My younger brother's from Nevada, so I don't know. Maybe it was because I was down there, so I was probably exposed to what whatever. What you in Nevada? My younger brother was born there. Why? I don't know. My mom was just like, all right, we had a kid in Canada, America. And so he was just born there. He has lived there for a bit? 
Yeah, I've lived in America as a, as a young. I moved. Okay, so let me let me let me. So I came. My mom came to Canada in '97 in Mississauga. No, in mm, what was it? City Scarborough. There we go. Scar Town. Yeah, we know this. Scarbs. So then, a year later, on some time, a year and some time, my younger brother Bakker was born in Reno, Nevada. Mm. And so we chilled. I know where Reno is now. Yeah. So we chilled in Reno. I don't even know how long we were in America for, but I know we chilled in Reno. I mean, we had to. Dude, dude was born there, so we couldn't just dip out. <laughs> 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 like, all right, peace, we're going back. No. So we chilled in Canada. We got for a the bit. citizenship. No, no. <laughs> I got the keys, keys, keys. <laughs> Secure the bag alert. <laughs> you know, a lot of Russians do that. Bro, a lot of everybody does that. Oh, there you go. There it's you it go. Okay. the I don't know if this is a political I'm pretty sure this term is not politically correct, but it's called anchor babies. And it's where you go to the country, you have a baby, and that con- that, that sorry, that baby has citizenship. Yeah. Yeah. So um like because the baby has citizenship, the, the parents obviously do too. Cool. How does that work? What do you mean? Like the parents just become a citizenship? Citizen? I think they become residents. Because so that's what happened when when we came to Canada. So when my my parents came to Canada, they immigrated here and I was born and then I believe they were in the process of becoming residents, permanent residents. So my parents were first permanent residents and then they became citizens. Cool. I don't I think I don't know. I have to look into this process. Yeah, because I've heard of like people coming to different countries to have kids who yeah. become resi- uh, citizens. Yeah. I, I've never heard their parents. I don't know how it works. I know there is a process that, that the parents follow through with. Huh. Other than us. Hit us up. Yeah, that's not... I'm curious. But, okay, I know this much. If you, for example... Okay, this is exclusive to the States. I'm not going to speak about, like, any other country because I don't know about their policies. I know about the States for sure. If you marry an American citizen, in three months you can have a green card. And the process otherwise to get a green card naturally could take up to 10 years or more. Because that's how long it took my family to get a green card. More than 10 years. And once you have your green card, given that you married an American citizen, you can get your citizenship in like under three years. Mm -hmm. Which is insane. That makes sense. Because it's otherwise a five-year process. It's a long process, man. Yeah. It's tough. It's to tough. be a citizen in, like, one of the most controversial countries in the world. Speaking of controversial, their election. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What's going on, Mo? It, okay. Let's, Give me the rundown. Let's talk about the electoral system to the extent that I know. And I know if we have some poli students listening to this, we would appreciate you calling in and correcting us or explaining it to us. Let it, yeah, let us know. 403-220-3991. What was that? Oh, that was 403-220-3991. Yep. So hit us up. But, so the Electoral College, from my understanding, and I was explained to this. I was, sorry, someone explained this to me. So, let's look up Texas. Hey, Jamie, can you look it up? <laughs> What are you going to... Well, here's what I've noticed, Mo, and, yeah. and tell me if I'm wrong. 
Uh, what I've been noticing is uh-huh. in every state, mo- most states, I should say, the bigger cities seem to be turning blue. And the more, I don't know if you want to call them suburban or rural, but the the, the cities or towns and counties, uh, whatever you want to call them, that are outside of major cities tend to be red. Mm. Like I can see that. I think, you know, the thing that Trump has done best to secure all these votes and increase his popularity is... And I'm saying this from like a very non-biased point of view because I like looking at American politics from a very objective point of view. It's an amazing like psychology that goes on within like the the process of of voting, right? Because I've always wondered like American politics are so harmful to not harmful. The government's harmful to like foreign areas, but that's a different conversation. It's all eyes are always on American elections. Mm, yeah. No one cares about Canada's election except for Canada. Like Fair. where when when Trudeau got elected, like I'm sure it was on like news platforms. But like they were like, okay, cool for a day. Yeah. Right. If Pakistan has an election, nothing's really going to happen unless something crazy happens in Pakistan during the election. Like when Bhutto got shot, Benazir Bhutto was running for prime minister, I believe. She got assassinated. That was on the news. Whoa! What? Yeah. I didn't even heard of this. Well, it was back in 2006. This was a while ago. Whoa! I think it was 2006. But she got assassinated, so that was on the news, right? Or, like, if Afghanistan's having an election, no one's going to care. Fair, yeah. Right? Which is sad. Mm-hmm. So when America's having an election, the reason why everybody cares is because they're so involved in, like, the global affairs of the world. Yes. They're involved everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Fair, fair. Right? So, like, I wanted to know, you know, why, why do people vote for Biden? Why do people vote for Trump? Right. So it's more controversial to understand why people vote for Trump than it is for Biden. Because okay. people might be voting for Biden for a variety of reasons. Some people might like Biden. Some people might literally just want to vote Trump out. Yeah. And so they're settling for Biden Harris. Right. There's an Instagram page that's called Settle for Biden Harris 2020. Fair. Fair. Right. Okay. And uh, so, I, you know, I'm looking at Trump. And so I took a course, ALMC 358. And it talked, one of the papers I wrote was about nationalism versus being a patriot. And so the, the, the thing that I understood was being a patriot is far different from being a nationalist. Wow. Right? Where so, do you draw the distinction? Okay, so from my understanding, being a patriot, you're proud of your country. Okay. You know, you love your countrymen and you hold strong values that your, comp- your, your country embodies. Right? Mm-hmm. So you're proud to be Canadian. You're you're proud to you're proud of you know your Canadian heritage. You're being a first generation Canadian and so on and so forth. Being nationalist is like, you know those crazy crazy Trump supporters you see. Uh sure. Like MAGA to like DIE. Those guys are considered like really nationalistic because they're so. It's to the point where people some people think that like okay like MAGA supporters are kind of racist. Or are racist, right? Nationalism kind of borders that where it's kind of just like you, the only thing you care about is the betterment of your country. You don't care about any other thing in the world. It's just your country and you being a citizen of the country. And you're going to do whatever it takes to become the best country in the world. It's like Machia- Machiavellianism. The ends justify the means, right? Okay. So it's tied into nationalism in that sense where it's just like 
the ends of, of, of success for your country will be justified by the means. And oftentimes, when we look at nationalism, the means aren't very... Uh, they don't benefit humanity. Right? Look at World War II. Mm, yes. Germany in World War II was considered a very, very grotesque, extreme example of how nationalism can go wrong. So... That's why they call it, like, white nationalism mm, in America. Mm, okay. Right? Because okay. they're like... It's pretty much like supremacy in a sense. So, again, like, could I not call those people patriotic? You can. And that's the thing. Patriotism is tied in in nationalism to an extent. But nationalism, to me, is like, it's what goes beyond patriotism. And it's it's, it's what separates you from loving and appreciating your country and appreciating people who want to appreciate your country. And having the ability to be inclusive to just being exclusive, I love America, I hate people who hate America or have a differing opinion about America. No one should come into America. America is America. That's it. Very interesting. And so Trump has this like, he's he borders between patriotism and nationalism from what I've seen. Because he has to, look, the reason I say that is because I've seen a lot of his, his uh, interactions with the media. So you have to be careful, especially with when you're a politician. You got to be really careful with the way you like talk to the media. Of course, yeah, yeah. Right, because look, every time this guy talks, I'm like, I feel bad for his his administration because I know someone's in the back, like saying, "No, stop talking. <laughs> Just shut up." Their hair out of their head. His administration, bro. Everyone's probably bald. Those everything they their hair is not real. They all have wigs. Everyone's stress balded already. All right. He so so Trump. The thing about him is he goes back and forth about nationalism and, and patriotism, and it's really weird because it. He okay. I'll say this. So the one thing he promised to do was bring back jobs to America, right? Because yeah. there's this whole like trade war or some something along the lines of that with with China that they have, and so, um, what he's basically planning to do is like. He's trying to bring offshore jobs back to the states to boost like the own local economy, like manufacturing. Yeah, actually. manufacturing. And so, as a president, like you can't legally force companies to do that. But the way you do that is you, you incentivize it and you say like, okay, like I'll give you a tax break of like whatever how much amount if you bring back X amount of jobs, right? And so companies are like, okay, sure, we'll do it. So that's how he, you know, in look at Texas, right? Or look at Michigan. Michigan is one of those states where you have car manufacturing plants. Oh, yeah. Those were GM's headquarters. Like back in the 90s, Michigan was booming. Of course. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. was on fire. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Like if you were working in Michigan in the 90s, like, bro, you were set. But then, you know, they started outsourcing these jobs because they were like, we can get labor cheaper overseas. Yeah. Right. And then everybody just lost their job. And now you look at cities like Detroit, nothing. Flint, Michigan, nothing. It's just, it's a crisis there, yeah. right? And so that's how he appeals to these people because they're in bad situations and he makes it seem like it, you know, it's slightly better. Mm. And so that's why he, you know. Economically better, that is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, the, and So uh, I'll say one more thing. And yeah, this ahead. is, so someone someone said this to me. I was having a conversation with a friend and, and she said, she was like, Trump runs the country as if it's a corporation, which is what, you know, he's a businessman. He's good at that. But socially, he doesn't understand what's going on. He doesn't understand that the United States is not a company. 
It is a land where multiple groups of people live. And you need to cater to those multiple groups. You need to hear them out. You can't just silence them and think that if the country's doing well economically, that's fine. Exactly. And, and, and see, along the same lines there is where I kind of speak to people. You know, because I, I like you, I, I like to keep an open mind. I, yeah. I talk to people who, who have all, all sorts of points of views. And, and they say, yeah, well, let's look at the policy. Let's look at what they're actually doing. And I say, you know what, pause. When I'm a minority and my everyday life is being affected... Why do I care about the policies? Like, my life matters more than just financial gain. Mm-hmm. You know, my my the social aspect of life is huge. I don't I don't need to explain that to you. Um, so yeah, I'm just like man. As somebody who is being affected by this day to day, I don't care about the specific policies. So if you're wondering what the specific policies are, understand the privileged position that you're in. Mm. That you you can do that. That you can say, you know what, I understand there's some problematic things going on, but let me look at the policy. That, if that doesn't define for you privilege, I don't know what will, bro. No, a lot of people in the States are privileged. Yeah. But you know what, you know what it is in the States in particular that I've realized? Mm. The States suffers from classism. Mm. There are, there's a huge economic disparity in the States. You know, yeah. that's why it is sometimes referred to as a first, third world country. I've never heard that, but I like that. It describes it perfectly. It's a first, third world country. Yep. Wow. You already heard it first on the SE Weekly show. Mm, there you go. <laughs> and, but the reason it's described like that is because of the vast economic disparity between state to state, city to city, neighborhood to neighborhood. That's fascinating. Look at LA, for example. And I'm sure there's other factors that are incorporated in situations like this. But L.A., you got Beverly Hills, and then you got Skid Row. Do you know what Skid Row is? I have no idea. So Skid Row is literally, it's a neighborhood for homeless people and those who are addicted to drugs. Interesting. And then, like, let me look up how far it is. They're probably not that far. There's that picture of um, Brazil. This was during the... uh, uh, what did they have over there? The Olympics that occurred. Where Skid they Row, had... sorry, Skid Row is, is is thirty minutes away from Beverly Hills. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's even worse in Florida here, mm-hmm. where where they have like billionaires living by the sea across this across the street from mm-hmm. like rundown neighborhoods. Yeah, which blows my mind. A Canadian example would be like Winnipeg. Okay. Can you elaborate? A lot of people who who have lived in Winnipeg have told me that one side of the city. Is where middle class to upper to middle class live, and the other half of the city is like it's run down. But the disparity is not. That's what, what I've we're heard. talking about in That's like Florida in and Los Angeles, are we? Because I don't think there's like multi billionaires sitting in Winnipeg. Oh no, no, no! I'm just talking about like like disparity between like so comparatively speaking in Canada. When I say like half of the city, apparent from what I've been told, half of the city is run down to the point where it's like it's crime ridden, and I think Winnipeg has one of the highest crime rates in Canada. Okay, okay. And so when I say half the city's like kaputs, the other half is like you'll have a nice life there. So that's what I mean, like it's disparity. Interesting. Right? You have Bever- so LA, you got Beverly Hills, thirty minutes away from Skid Row. Okay. It literally looks overlooks this area that I'm talking about, Skid Row. Yikes. And just like with um Rio, 
Brazil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, like uh, when the FIFA games were going on? Exactly. When they had you FIFA had a and the Olympics. How, how much was that stadium? Oh, a lot. A lot. It was. It, they spent a lot of money on there. Yeah. FIFA Brazil. Yeah, it's... Um, well, wh- while you search that up, while you search that up, let, let's let's talk to some people who are uh, who are texting. You know, so there's you know some people are saying uh, somebody texted and they said this guy's really far out there. He puts a lot of feelings and not a lot of facts. And I and I assume they're talking about Donald Trump. I'm not sure, but uh, that's that's kind of when the text came in. But how, how do you feel about that? You think he talks a lot about feelings and not enough about Trump? facts? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we look at Trump and he's just like he he does this thing where. He okay. So, if you have a group of people who are frustrated, yeah, the best way to appeal to those group of people is to come at them in a way where it seems like you relate to their anger, right? Mm-hmm. So, if I am running for mayor of a city that has dealt with, um, okay, so there's people in the city. And they used to work manufacturing jobs, left, center, right. Those manufacturing jobs got taken away. Not taken away, but they were outsourced, right? And so the people who used to work these manufacturing jobs that earned a living off of this are mad that they had to do this. Okay. So I'm running for mayor, and now I voice my frustration with them and saying, yeah, I think that's bad how you guys lost your jobs. I don't think that's okay. I'm going to bring these jobs back. But as mayor, how do I bring the jobs back? What am I supposed to incentivize the companies on like a municipal level that like, hey, like you get free parking if you bring jobs? Like, how do I as a mayor do that? <laughs> I have little to no power to, to like, am I supposed to give you like dominoes like sponsored by the Canadian government? Like, I swear <laughs> Mo, to God, Mo, pe- you know, pizza, pizza. Like, you know what SU clubs do? What? They give pizza, bro. <laughs> you know, if you're an SU club, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, whatever whatever event that SU clubs have, mm-hmm. they throw in some pizza, mm-hmm. and, it, and sure enough, it attracts students. Yeah. You know, because no, it works. But power of pizza. But that that's how that's how I see this going. Is like if I'm if I'm the mayor, this is how I appeal to these people. Is I voice my frustration with their frustration. So it's like it automatically comes off to them as, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about because he's going through. He understands the same thing we're going through. Yeah, yeah. It so sounds they, like solidarity. Yeah, exactly. But really, it's just like I'm only doing this so I can get your trust and your vote. And then after it's done, it's like I don't care about you. Yikes! 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 Which is you know. Oh, Mo, what's going on here, bro? Where? What do you mean? Is the roof done yet? Oh. <laughs> Updates. So the roof in Mac Hall is uh, set to be done by the end of November. It's just, it. Uh, there was a, there, there have been a little setbacks because obviously it was snowing for a while. Mm-hmm. So it did set them back a bit. But uh, hopefully, given the, I mean, the weather's been amazing. So given, um, given that... By the end of December, by the end of November, it'll be it'll be completed, and then um, the washrooms by LDL are going to be completed by the end of December. Okay. So yeah, those are the only two operational updates that I have. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. Well, while we're while while we're all here, um, we obviously talk about EDI a lot. That's yep. equity, diversity, and inclusion. And um, for those of you who don't know, we actually got a new vice provost uh, that is our inaugural 
Vice Provost Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. And uh, what she did was actually create EDI Awards. So they're actually open right now for students, faculty, and staff. Uh, and you can just apply and uh, or sorry, you cannot apply. You can nominate others. So that's what how it works. So if you know somebody who's doing fantastic work in the fields of equity, diversity and inclusion, mm-hmm. I highly, highly suggest that you go on um, the university Web page and just search up EDI Awards U of C um, or you can find Dr. Melinda Smith's um, Twitter. She shared the link on there as well. It's super easy. It's a very accessible um, nomination form. I think there's something like seven questions, uh, all short answers that pertain to who the nominee is and what the nominee does. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, the work of equity, diversity, and inclusion is it, hard work and oh, yeah. it's often overlooked because it's not the traditional paid labor work, right? A lot of it is listening. A lot of it is showing compassion. A lot of it is um, unpaid labor, from for lack of better terms. And so, it's if hard you, work, man. Yeah, and and so if you know somebody that's doing ex- excellent work in it, please take some time to recognize their work because, um, you know, a lot of the times it's disheartening work, right, Mo? Uh, oh, it's, of course, it's, it it's work where you know what? it's 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 the reason I say social work is extremely difficult is because one, the work is very tiring. But the reason it's tiring is because of the amount of explaining and understanding that you have to have. You got to explain exactly what you're doing. And sometimes people get it. Sometimes people will be like, nah, I ain't with it. So it's hard. It's hard working in fields like this. And that's why it's extremely important. Things. There you go. It's hard, but it's important. And so that's why. If you know somebody doing great work, just take some time and nominate them. Because mm-hmm. even if they don't win, just that recognition of like, that hey, doing I see you doing something great mm-hmm. is enough motivation for them to continue that work yeah. and not feel disheartened. Mm-hmm. Because at every single turn, it's just like, when is it ever going to get easier? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mo, you and I might not be here in the generation where it's easier. But at least we helped and get that way exactly and that's so hard to keep in mind you know like yeah it's it's tough but mm-hmm. it's um the, the the road to i'm gonna make something off the top of my head the road to rome is not a path that was built in a day oh <laughs> man oh man you know i saw a map of all the roads that actually lead to Rome, and it's like bananas how many roads actually go to Rome. What if they just built a road that was actually just in the shape of a banana to Rome? <laughs> and you could actually be like, that road is bananas, because it literally is bananas. <laughs> just be swerving the whole way there, could you imagine? Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, speaking of Mario Kart. Yo, if anyone wants to play me, I will no. I'll, 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 Mo, I'll kick Mo, your Mo, butt, they, they made a whole new Mario Kart. I, and I saw this video on Twitter, so you know what? Take it with a grain of salt. It might be fake. I love Twitter. But basically, they're like little... You know how in Mario Kart you go under checkpoints? Mm-hmm. It's like a little bridge. Yeah. So they give you that bridge, and mm-hmm. it's got a camera on both sides. 
and you put it down wherever you want. So these people had it, the bridge in their um, living room. So they had like five or six different bridges, and they made a loop around their living room. And then they put little cars there. The oh. little cars have cameras and sensors. So there's sensors and there's cameras in the cars. So you can make a map based exactly. off your living room. But you play on the TV. That's mad. And so you're driving That's around crazy. your living room, but you're, yo, technology that sounds so blows expensive. my mind. It sounds very expensive. Yo, I watched this video and. Oh, man. I'm just imagining all the. You know, if if you guys have some time right now, search it up. Go go on. I'm sure it's on Google or YouTube or something. I'm sure it is. Just search I'm, up oh uh, Mario Kart <laughs> in the living room uh, because it's actually amazing. It is. Wow. It's so funny. Yeah. I'm just. I, it's funny because I'm imagining about all all the stupid things people can do with this. Like what? I'm not gonna get into it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like they just play Mario. No, Kart, no, 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 definitely. Like it's a very innovative and a very. Like, it takes a lot of intuition to come up with something like that, and to create software that enables you know you to do that is is crazy. Like this is probably going to have very very like high tech camera sensitive technology. Yeah, because it has to register everything. Like oh, this is so this bad, this is artificial bro. intelligence. Amazon has a similar idea. So Amazon has a grocery store. And they don't. The idea is that the grocery store doesn't have any grocery employees. Right, the one where you just walk out. Yeah, mm, because yes. the camera actually registers what item you're picking up through artificial That's some big intelligence. Stuff though, huh? That's some Big Brother stuff though. Like it is, but at the same, okay with that? Big. You could say that Big Brother stuff's like with Mario Kart too. Yeah, but like Mario Kart, people are distracted because they're loving the game, you and know? people are distracted because <laughs> they don't have to go to you know they just oh, walk cashier. out with it. Because the thing mm-hmm. is, is that shows which product you're buying and it just charges it to your card it's convenient so would there be prices on there like no 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 well yeah there's obviously it says like how much you pay and so you put it in your card and as soon as you walk out it's charged to your card and then if you just put it back then you it's so i think how it works is you have like when you shop online you put things in your cart right yeah so you pick them offline and add to cart. Mm. So when you pick it up in real life, I think it adds to a virtual like cloud cart. Oh. And then when you walk out, you purchase it. Holy. That, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Technology, man. That's crazy. The Blow cloud? The cloud, eh? I think I think we should just leave it at that, man. We, yeah, very yeah, fruit, no? very fruitful podcast. Yeah, Mo. Asad. Y- you like this podcast? I Man, I've been waiting to do this, and I'm happy we did it. I feel like Joe Rogan. There you go. There you go. We uh, This is one successful podcast in yeah. the books. There you go. Are you ready to play the outro tune? You got an outro tune? Oh, buddy. You ready? All right, run it. My name is Asad Ali Bick. I'm Muhammad Ali. For SU Weekly, CJSW 90.9, we're out. Peace. Easy.
Bump 2020 artists, Alex Kwong. The Beltline Urban Murals Project is located in Calgary, Alberta on Treaty 7 land. We would like to acknowledge the territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta. The City of Calgary is also home to Métis Nation of Alberta Region 3. Hey Alex, thanks so much for joining me today and answering a few questions for Bump. I'm very curious about how you kind of got started and Maybe in general, can you tell me what got you interested in art in the first place? Um, I guess it was sort of a lifelong interest. And, um, and as, I, as I grew up, I grew away from it. And then I ended up doing art anyway as an adult. So, Can you tell me a little bit about that journey and like how you came back to it? How did it find you again? Um, I was trying to find a practical use for creativity. So I was, uh, I was actually trying to pursue architecture. And it was when I was working on my portfolio that I just ended up following through with just all the art side of things. And that's sort of the end of the story. It was just like kept running since then. How do you kind of find that inspiration to keep going? Because I know sometimes you have to be in the right mindset to create. Yeah, I guess sort of just like pulling from everything around you. Um, and um, mainly what I find now is is that it's it's pretty much just people around me and places I go and try to put that into the art and share the stories and stuff. Well, maybe that transitions a little bit into our, our next question about how your piece kind of, you, you knew somebody and you wanted to portray her. Can you maybe talk a little bit about the meaning behind that piece that you made for Bump? Yeah, yeah. So um, I wanted to use my opportunity to uh, sort of shed light on some other local artists and stuff. And I've known Simone for little while and I've always wanted to collaborate with her so use this opportunity to um you know paint a paint a portrait of her um so in the portrait it's her holding up her own self-portrait over her shoulder and um so it's sort of like a portrait inception I guess yeah yeah that's really neat and I noticed uh, in most of the pictures that you're using spray paint is that your main medium that you use yeah, for the time being, it is. it's uh, it's nice, it's quick, it's easy. Um, you know, I've been toying around with some other mediums, so I'm hoping to just keep expanding and, you know, keep growing as an artist. And do you usually stick to the same...